0: It's Wednesday, January 27th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Buley. We're basically the tech version of The View, baby. On the show with us today is our senior financial field correspondent, John
1: Nicholson. How's it going, fellas? What up? No so good. My breakfast right now is nothing but Dr. Pepper and a Bloomberg terminal. So let's let's find out what's going on.
2: <laughs> Woo! Kick the wrong way to start a Wednesday.
0: All right, so I feel like this is going to uh, be a rollover conversation from Monday, where we talk a little bit more about GameStop.
2: No, GameStop's old hat, man. The only financial news that matters this week is that Apple got hit with a sixty million dollar class action suit in Italy for what? for their uh, their goofballiness around um, slowing down processors, uh, forced obsolescence. That's it, obviously. Get wrecked. Dang. You (laughs) know, it's GameStops.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is just a reminder of, you know, why you need to talk to your kids about make sure you change out your battery on your iPhone so things stay fast and why you should talk to your kids, you know, before they start taking out naked call options you've got to get ahead of the next guy.'t get it, John. What's I, the problem with infinite
3: risk? I actually had the same I had that conversation with Kate yesterday. She just turned two. I figured it was time. It was, so, it was time. covered both topics <laughs> the weekly, the let's cover, weekly let's cover let's cover leverage
1: spreads case. you know she at, at this point, you know any of these trading desks I mean they're predatory. they're just like you know drug dealers. they're offering a, level three options to anybody so mm. <laughs> that's actually true. It seems a bit like uh, the housing crisis bubble. You know, mm. the the challenge of bubbles is you kind of know when you're in one, but they go a lot longer than anyone thought was rational or reasonable. And so you can be staring a bubble right in the face and yep. it, and trying to bet against the bubble. The challenge is, you know, if you bet with the market, you can bet to infinity. It's always eventually going to go up. You know, stocks only go up, but the the challenge of trying to catch the falling knife and and identify when the next like March style correction is you have to be perfect on your timing, um, or the carry cost of the options, or the sh- just, or if you're short, uh, you know, you might get blown up.
2: And yeah. that's what's happening right now to the short sellers on GameStop. Yeah, what and, was and what was is... Melvin
3: staring in the face during this, this, epic. Whatever you want to call it, episode that we're going billions
2: of dollars of unhinged risk. Basically, they got they got backed into a corner, and and man, I have been digging into this a lot, and I know John knows it because we'll we we started chatting about this uh, you know offline uh, when when I was running into it, and we've discussed different things, and and John, I definitely want you to touch on what you know about the you know sort of the epic historical VMware uh, short squeeze, right? But before we dive into those, one of the one of the biggest differences with this one is that it's not necessarily it, it wasn't a traditional targeted short squeeze. And I say traditional; it's only happened a few times where you get these hyperbolic short squeeze events. Um, but this is this is sort of a culmination of events, as I'm putting things together, that have to do with GameStop, how it's perceived in the market, uh, when management changed how it didn't end up going bankrupt which could have actually saved this event from happening. Obviously this is good for GameStop, right? It's not uh it's not a bad thing for them not to go bankrupt. It's to and be clear, it's not asked, good for GameStop yet.
1: This is true. This is true. So the uh, fact that the stock goes up has good effects on the company. Typically um, a per- portion of your staff, definitely your executive staff, hold shares. So if it goes up, they're more loyal to stay. Sure. But if it goes up and then it rubber bands back down, GameStop didn't actually make any money unless they issued right. shares. Which and, they have not done. Yeah, well, so yes. here's the here's my viewpoint on this. Everyone's saying, oh, the little guy is going to crush the institutional traders. Mm. I think the little guy is not making as much money as they could here. And I think institution will strike back.
2: I, somebody's always going to hold the bag at the end of this. So let let's the short squeeze is is happening. I mean, actively right now. This morning, it went. GameStop's share price went from roughly two twenty buck two hundred and twenty dollars a share, wildly overvalued uh, at at close of market yesterday. After hours numbers, right and it's already up over 330, it's peaked around 350. That's happening this morning. This is a company that by any fundamental standards could best case scenario be reasonably valued at roughly $11 and change a share, right? Like that is an extremely optimistic view of what GameStop should be worth, but this has nothing to do with fundamentals at all. This has everything to do with how, excessive the short sellers got in shorting the stock. And at the end of the day, the the shorts, like Melvin Capital, selling these, these calls, selling naked calls, right? That means they don't own the shares to cover the contractual obligation to release shares to the people who buy these calls. They are put in a position where all they can do is go find a share on the market, pay whatever market price is for it, and sell it. To meet their obligations, or roll it out further if they can find shares now. But you can imagine, if if the number of available shares on the market is, you know, ten for easy math, and the short sellers have fifty shares that are promised to call buyers, what do they pay for the ten shares that are available? As well, much the case, as if, the market asks them to.
1: Yeah, and in the case of the VW squeeze, uh, which is the more interesting short squeeze ever to study if you're gonna study them. In the case of the VW squeeze, it was a thousand dollars a share. Yeah. Um for that, you know, hot ouch half minute or whatever where where Porsche and VW became the most valuable company on the planet. That
2: literally the most valuable company on the planet because of the squeeze. I mean it's if you that's if insane. you're
1: not a if you don't follow stocks aggressively, some just quick fundamentals here to remember. The market capitalization, which is the value the total value of the company, which is the share price times the outstanding shares, that's what's gotten out of control. So yeah. I know sometimes people when they see the price go up, price go down, well, it's ten dollars. Is ten dollars cheap? Well, if there's a billion shares outstanding, then that means it's a ten billion dollar company, which is where we're at right. today. Now we're yes, I was going to say a number of, you know, basically what's happened with institutional money on these shorts is someone says GameStop is probably dead because of lots of reasons why it's not going to be a great company long term. And they put their money in a short and then they go bang the giant gong that says, hey, we're shorting. We think they're going down. And then a bunch of other money just says, well, they're smart. I'm going to follow them. So dumb money follows smart money. And that's how you kind of ended up with these overloaded shorts, to where there's more people shorting, and they they kind of got in this situation. Um, what I think is going to happen, so I think, yeah, some of the the dumb money that followed good money out of the hedge funds is going to get blown up. I think though the smarter hedge funds, um, if their risk management was awake this weekend and wasn't just you know out doing what I imagine risk management does, um, but maybe they were sober and. You know, they looked, or at least Monday they woke up and they said, Oh, this is going to get really ugly. We're going to get destroyed if we're not careful. So
2: they started Um, pushing out or buying shares and hedging against. No,
1: I don't think they uh, bought. Well, I think they, so there were some very large share buys and after hours on Monday.
2: um, And there were blocks.
1: And people think after hours is just wackadoodle, retail traders, you know, gambling. Unhinged, But actually, a lot of after hours is large settlement, you know, where just, just the houses are doing direct orders with each other. And so what I think actually happened is there were a lot of call options bought. I think it was Monday night. And I think that was actually the risk management department had sobered up from the weekend and said, we've got to we've got to take the other side of this position because um, I don't think they saw there was a clean exit. They, you know, they said we're going to try to hold through this. There's a chance this unwinds, but let's hold the upside also. And then the other thing that's going to happen, as we mentioned, is GameStop. They need actual money because otherwise, unless they they create net new shares and sell them, uh, they're not going to, you know, once the, it, this all rubber bands and unwinds, they're not going to have anything new. Like nothing actually happened. Good for them. So. What I suspect they'll do is they'll announce shares on Friday. The problem is, is if they announce too many shares or they just announce a lot of shares that, enough to cover all the shorts directly, the stock will just go rocket right back down. So that's not actually as helpful as you think. So what there is a history of happening is the shorts get in bed with the company and they say, do a direct offering, give me a 20% premium or I'm sorry, 20% discount on the share price, and I guarantee I will hold for 180 days. And so that way this will unwind in a much more slow, stable way. They, will, GameStop will take a direct cash infusion so that goodwill becomes actual cash on the balance sheet. And then the short, they lose money, but at least they can unwind their position at a discount and they don't end up looking you know, like a moron. And they'll probably end up with a board on the seat if they had a, long, a, a strong enough short. So
2: that's what that's how I think institutions gonna fight back yeah and, and I, I I mean that's that's great because that's really articulate and it gets into details that I hadn't really considered which is what the other side looks like but the I don't I don't think your massive uh, hedge funds are, are going to go bankrupt on this like they, they have exit strategies but what's interesting is that there are going to be bag holders some of them already got executed right I think Marvin Capital lost a substantial sum of money and that's because they got caught in a situation where calls are expiring, that's what happened on Friday, right? Um, and and where they have no choice but to lay down a lot of cash, a lot of capital that they hadn't planned to cover those calls, right? But I think to your point that there are exits here that will end up allowing the stock price to go back to normal. And, and if retail, Wall Street Bets in particular, doesn't recognize when to cash out, they will hold some of those bags most of them honestly probably not right I, I don't think retail investors are responsible for massive sums of uh, gamestop shares being you know withheld but it is interesting to see the influence they seem to be having on the you know the, the rocket ship that is the shale share price right now right
1: well and the other thing to remember about how these flows work is you know, let's say you're buying a thousand shares through um, Robinhood. You know, because you're a moron and can't choose a proper broker. Um, and what happens is oh, Robinhood. Dang.
3: Is, Shots fired. Yeah, I know. Someone, right.
1: someone on this call is, thinking, someone who's listening is like, "Oh my god, he insulted Robinhood. I love Robinhood." That's insulting. Don't don't use Robinhood, kids. And here's why. So Robinhood actually sells your data. Of your trades milliseconds before they hit the market, and this allows people to front run your trades, so you don't get the best price. This is why trades are free. Nothing in life is free. Like if an enterprise storage vendor shows up and says, "You want a free array?"
3: Like be terrified, because you're going to. Listen Daddy Nicholson,
0: them. folks. That's good <laughs> advice.
3: <laughs> I just choked on my drink. That was awesome. No, it's you know
1: th- they're going to make money on you, and this is actually how they do it: is they 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 sell they sell your data. Except, you know, imagine you went, you went to go buy a car and there was a car buying service that would help you. But before you showed up, someone would call ahead and say, yeah, he wants to spend this much. Like, that's not a good a good place. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh,
0: you mentioned market cap. I don't know if you saw this. I was uh, tweeting about it yesterday. Um, just wanted to go do the math. So scrolled back six months ago from yesterday. And the, I think the, um, the price was, I think, 394 share or something like that. So GME, GME's market cap at that point was 274 million six months ago.
1: Yeah. And how much of that was
0: uh, inventory?
1: Like at, just bought like, at the beginning of the day. How much of that <laughs> right? was in yeah. stores? <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. All sitting on eBay or whatever. Never mind. Like if they went to eBay, never mind. Uh, all right. So, and then yesterday it was in the morning, it was 10 point, or I guess maybe about midday, 10.1 billion. And this was like, all right, where did it really start taking off? So just two weeks ago, January 12th, it was at 1.39 billion, right? That's where it really started to hike up. That, that was at like $19 a share, something like that. And then after market at the end of the day yesterday, 16.8 billion. So we saw it go from 207, yeah, 274 million, 1.39 billion, just two weeks out. Yesterday, 10 billion, aftermarket, 16.8 billion.
1: Well, and you're, you're getting back the fundal, fundamentals of enterprise value, which is Okay, what's the market cap and what are the assets and the existing strategy? And these days, the data worth. Um, GameStop has made an argument that I think helped with some of the initial uptick that they have all this data on all of these gamers who have loyally bought and sold the same copy of you know Halo twelve times back and forth to them, and they're saying that hey, we can carry that forward into a game store. Is that a viable strategy? Does Steam have more data on me? Probably. Who knows?
2: Um, but. Well, well and, and they seem they seem to be poised to potentially enter the uh, the you know esports side of the business too because they do have a loyal following and they do have retail stores and, and I think there's a lot of question right now as to whether or not that's viable, but it's interesting, it's novel. And and with uh, yeah, what the they'll the never CEO, see sixteen
0: point eight billion long
2: term. Oh gosh, right? no, no, no. I, I so don't that, think that no, went to
0: my other thought. After I, after I did all that, I was like, okay, my, my next thought was, can you imagine the RSU awards internal to the company both ways, right? So one, either RSU's vesting like right before this, right? Where they were awarded, you know, whatever, some tens of thousands of dollars. And then all of a sudden this happens and now it's worth tremendously more. Or RSU's that had vesting dates right at the peak of this. And then it crashes and your RSU basically becomes
1: nothing yeah. well so you you talk about out there you talk about <laughs> internal stock awards i mean this i've only ever shorted one company in, in the history of me taking short positions um and it's bec- it's about you know employee equity and timing um this is a common enough thing when we talk about artists used for the listeners who don't work for large pan galactic tech companies um a common <laughs> a, a common <laughs> large evil tech companies <laughs> But no, this is a this is a thing you do. You've probably heard about stock options, which are private companies and they're all imaginary. You shouldn't trust anything about them. But RSUs are real. They're real boy shares. And this is where someone comes to you and says, Hey, we we like you or we want you to work here or want you to keep working here. Um, here is you know eighty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars of shares and they will vest over four years and there will be a, a they'll be an initial cliff. So it may be one year. Um, if you're, you know, at a at a normal place, it might be one month. If you're your first month, if you're at Google, it might be three years. If you're at Amazon, and this means that you don't get anything until you stick around that long, and then once you hit that cliff, then the remainder will come out on some prorated basis. So, let's say it's every every once a year on a four year grant. Then, if it had an initial value of eighty thousand, it'd have twenty thousand a year one. But if the stock goes up tenfold, well, now you have two hundred thousand shares. Um, the, the thing to be aware of with these equity awards or things like them is particularly if you're watching the IPO market, um, a lot of times they don't allow any of the internal employees to sell for the first six months. So if you go back and chart a lot of these startups, you'll particularly in the storage space, which is what I obsess over, you'll notice that right before six months, the stock falls. And what that is, is the institutional money saying, oh, well, the employees are all about to sell their shares, so we're going to get out. And you'll actually see oftentimes this kind of half fall effect. So this is another thing when you're trying to identify the potential um, value of a company, particularly one that hasn't had been on the market very long, be aware that employees may be on the way out and that may cause uh, outflows and this price to go down.
0: That's interesting. That um, basically, like posts okay. or six month out from IPO fall that you're talking about. I never thought about it that way. Employees
1: look at Nimble. Look at Pure. Pathways. These were Tentry. Although Tentry just completely imploded, so that's not fair.
3: that's not a great example.
1: But no, the only the only short position I've ever taken was a was a storage startup, and I was like. They came rocketing out at IPO, and I'm like, "All right, where's the five month options and the seven month option? What's the spread?" <laughs> yeah, right?
0: Because <laughs> you knew what and the technology was based on, and was oh. over there, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, but we talk. We're talking about this big manipulation here. I want to talk yeah. about another manipulation, which is IPO price. Is you go to your bankers and you offer them a lot of fees to manage your IPO for you if you don't do a direct listing that new avant garde hipster crap. And part of what they'll do is they will defend the share price for you know, those first five months. That way the founders can get out and get some money, and then they'll collapse that because they don't want to be holding the bag when the actual employees get sell at a real price, and you'll see them pull out. So um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I think that's why this, is, this whole situation feels like a morality play on, well, at least the little guys getting to manipulate the market now.
2: They feel like it. I'm still not convinced. In fact, I I think you can confidently say that this isn't just retail investors and it isn't just Wall Street bets going off the hinge. It has definitely brought lots of attention. But once this stuff started to turn into legitimate gamma and short squeezes... High-frequency traders all showed up and they're making it worse. it, it, (laughs) It took the vultures that are other hedge funds recognizing there's blood and going to get their feast. Like, Yes, someone is going to lose billions, but it's not all being transferred to a bunch of retail investors in Wall, watching Wall Street bets. A good number of hedge funds, whales with lots and lots of money, are also going to feed on the bag holders that are these these smaller or even larger, doesn't matter, just alternative hedge funds. It's, it, it's a game at this point, right? They didn't have to start the frenzy, but they can absolutely come in and eat. And what problem is this?
3: Does this cause, or 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 start to show? What is this? What is this revealing about? I mean, I feel like an event like this. There's usually historical pre- precedents to to things like this that could say it's coming. But I've seen a lot of articles that have been posted about things that need to be done about this. Now, they, there's varying different opinions. Um, what is wrong with this? Like, what is what's the issue
2: that we're seeing at the moment, if any? If if you ask Kramer, he says, this is great. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but I think, I think, okay. So to Kramer's point, to what you were just saying, if you look at the rule set that we have here allows for hedge funds, companies, anyone to short the bejesus out of a stock. Clearly. If you don't want to have infinite risk, then you can't allow that much of a short. That would be, in my opinion, the only possible appropriate regulatory response. And appropriate is a really strong word That's, because that is nothing wrong is that. happening here. This is this is just hedge funds taking on massive risk, and the risk coming to bear, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. They're pissed, rightfully so. And some it's people are going to lose a, to a lot of sure. money. Is what you're saying exactly it, right. it's it's some someone is going to profit the zero-sum nature of options and market trading is going to result in massive losers and massive winners the <laughs> losers in this case got caught in a corner they painted themselves into
3: yeah well citron was
2: fine
1: what would that accomplish though
2: no no and what i'm saying you don't get rid of shorts this is the this is the market doing exactly what the market should do no one wants to get caught in fact if, if anything should change, it should be how easy it is for some of the hedge funds that are getting caught in these corners and organizations like Citron coming out and, and basically using media to try to manipulate themselves out of the corner. That shouldn't be legal, in my opinion.
3: So that was the thing that I was kind of wondering about right there. But it, you know, they're paying for it because Citron Capital's Andrew Left Wednesday said that the firm covered the majority of its GameStop short bets. Uh, at a loss of what it says one zero zero, I think it's a hundred percent is the number that they're using right now in a YouTube video that he put out. So uh,
2: that's rough. That's a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but but this is the thing, is that if you sell a naked call, which means you do not own the share, which you were contractually obligated to sell to the person who bought that call. Your risk is infinite.
3: It's a bad number of risks.
2: Do you expect it to actually go to infinity? No. Is it possible for it to go up higher than you could ever, I mean, literally empty the coffers? Absolutely.
1: That's what it is. I don't know. I I trust E-Trade to nuke and drain and liquidate my account to cover pretty early, like, I mean, well, risk management desks exist. So,
2: that, but that's wow. a different. That's a different question too. Is why aren't they being? And and they will. Like the legitimate short squeeze when we get out of stuff like gamma squeeze and that sort of stuff. The legitimate short squeeze is you can't keep propping this up and just trying to wait it out. You're getting assigned, and and you're. Billions of shares need to be purchased now. And if you can't purchase them, you have to borrow it from me, the market maker, and you're going to borrow it at 85% market rate. Like literally, you're going to pay out the nose until you can find a way to pony up and actually buy a share. It doesn't matter where it ends. This yes, is, I mean, it's shut down.
1: We, we've we talked about trying to take a short position on the market right now, and the bubble or not bubble we're in is, is betting against the Fed. It's one thing to bet against the Fed. Now, if you're taking a short position, you're not only betting against the Fed, but you're also betting against random retail meme investors.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm
1: out <laughs> from short positions
2: for a while. Yeah, well, and and I think that that's how the market, non-regulatory side, I think that's how the market will respond to this. If If you hold big shorts, you are in a position where a a non a, a non entity because that's really Wall Street bets is not a a an organized group. It is not a hedge fund. It is not even kind community. of like a hedge fund. It's a community. It is just a bunch of degenerates. No, that, dude, that, uh, no. They, this is literally how they're described, He's and they, they look. They okay. they yeah. embrace it. Look, I've been following Wall Street bets for like two years.
0: All right, sorry. And you and speak while I it, don't part post of that to it,
2: no, they they. They embrace the fact that they are the world's most ridiculous investors. They pride themselves on it, right? Like, this is the point. Sure. I'm either going to the effing moon or I'm going to die in a fire. I took my dad's retirement fund against his will and I YOLOed it on GME. Like this is, this is the joke. The whole forum is a joke. But the point is, they aren't organized. It's not Seems like, okay, real, guys, though. hit the buy button. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it, it's working that way because sentiment is absolutely off the charts, and and a lot of that I think is related to Wall Street bets. At this point, there's a couple million people following that sub. Sentiment is a very dangerous thing, when sentiment also has market fundamentals, not corporate fundamentals. What is GME worth? But what what is an infinite short squeeze worth? When they understand it just enough to weaponize the degeneracy you get GameStop. And you could very well see this happen again where there are massive squeeze opportunities. There yeah. aren't a lot sitting out there right now. I think the guests
1: are all going to start
2: buying. Yeah, buying, yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: they're they're going to get the heck out of the corner is, is the point. And, and you're not going to see... Look, GameStop in December had a, a short to float percentage of 260%, which means that <laughs> available shares... They had 260% shorted shares, borrowed shares, compared to what was available on the market. And hundred, over 100% of total shares, period, were shorted.
0: Can I read a funny tweet to you? Oof. I just saw uh, Corey Quinn, I think you'll know him, at Quinnipad. I'm
1: reading the same tweet, yes. Yeah,
0: 20 minutes ago, he said, GameStop pivots announces Enterprise Kubernetes offering. <laughs> GME, price <target. laughs> GME price target now $250 according to Morgan Stanley. And then, quote, we discovered that there were natural similarities between whiny entitled gamers and whiny entitled engineers who wish they worked at Google, a GameStop spokesperson said. But well, we already know how to talk to these people. IBM shares sank immediately after the announcement. After opening at 352, GameStop hastened to add that their enterprise Kubernetes offering would prominently feature machine learning as well. VMware's shares sank on the
3: news. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's so true. Oh, so <laughs> he's, he's too but fun to follow. <laughs> will will,
1: you know, th- the question is what comes out of this? Will value come back? maybe at some point this has been oh the worst my. 10 years for value investing ever oh my god um, it's all it's all yellow crap it will <laughs> w- will the regulators stop shorts hell no shorts are great no. i love shorts um we we need them in the market in fact with the with given how regulators often end up asleep at the wheel i view shorts as actually one of the greater kind of accountability forces in the in the in the world <laughs> Um, Because there is nothing more satisfying than watching Muddy Waters or someone announce a short position, have real homework, and then, you know, watch, you know, something just completely explode the next morning. But um, I I think just shorts for the sake of this is inevitably going to fail as a company and maybe we'll help tip it down. I think that's done.
2: Okay. Well, and, and so I actually saw something this morning that was fascinating, and I haven't read into it enough to, to even feel like I, I can form a proper opinion, but I'm going to go ahead and try anyways, which is that there's some indication that it's possible that the short position was designed as part of a more sweeping, hostile te- takeover position. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of the investor, but someone you know had rough, accumulated uh, a significant portion through a different holding. And is related to Citron and some of the well, some of the hedge funds that are getting wrecked right now. And um, if GameStop had you know basically fed the shorts and, and taken a complete nosedive, it would have given those holders a position to basically take the the entire operation over. And like I said, I don't understand enough about what was even being presented there, but it's curious. And I'm I'm wondering if those are the kinds of activities that led to this gross overshort position and ultimately, you know, why GameStop is in the news. If there's going to be some uh, misbehavior, misdeeds that are going to be ferreted out, or if this is all just normal play, play of the deck.
1: You know, I, I that could be a thing as someone wanted to roll their short position and then go show up at the investor relations desk and say. Hey, I've got this massive short position. I'm helping crush your shares. Uh, how about you sell it at a discount, and you know we take the entire thing private, or once it gets cheap enough and everyone's not watching how cheap it is, we just take it out um, and cut it up for pieces, you know, and throw it in the water for chum, um, as private equity does. But it's it's interesting. I, I feel like we're in a time of excess um, of behaviors of capital and capitalism, um, but I, I'm not sure how you stop i guess any of these behaviors and do so without creating horrible perverse incentives yeah
2: yeah yeah i I think like i said my opinion here is that this is the market working the way it should and the only reason you're you're seeing cnbc talk about it and and maybe even get all huffy about it is that unfortunately it is quite possible to use modern news platforms as advertisements for big money I think hedge funds are scrambling to try to scare off whatever influence retail investors have in this scenario, which by all measures appears to be significant right now, whether it's sentiment alone or it's other stuff. But they are desperately trying to drive the price down to avoid these spikes. And, and I, the only thing about this whole scenario that makes me uncomfortable is that it's so easy for them to get the megaphone voice to, to try that. That's, I, in my opinion, that's that's the ugly side of all of this. Is that the,
1: the retail investor doesn't get invited to come on Kramer and defend their position.
2: Exactly, exactly. And and I don't think uh, if you look at some of the analysis that folks are doing on in in Wall Street bets as an example, right? Like. It it's impressive. Some of it's actually really interesting. People understand how the market should work, how it does work. And and again, it's not talking about fundamentals for for GameStop. Everyone agrees this is absurd for GameStop, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an opportunity to benefit. Hedge funds already knew this. They they know what a short squeeze looks like. It's not legal for them to manipulate the market in such a way that it forces someone else to hold a bag like that. But that's where Wall Street bets not being an entity creates a really weird problem for short sellers. And it's fascinating. And I'm pretty sure GameStop just got halted. Again? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this time from dropping too fast. Yep. They got halted at 9.51.39. And uh, what's really interesting about these halts, right? Because uh, the short circuits, this is uh, large up, large down. Um, moves, right? Uh, I forget what the percentages are. I'm fairly certain that they are actually uh, published somewhere, but they may not be actually market.
1: It's going to depend on who you're trading on, whether you're on the the NASDAQ or the...
2: Yes, right. The exchanges are the ones that define what a short circuit looks like. But if a stock goes Too up too fast or down too fast, then there are what are called circuit breakers. So you'll hear people talking about that. So if it screams up too quickly within a certain amount of time, then trading is halted. If it screams down too quickly in a certain period of time, trading is halted. And my understanding is that that's Predominantly designed to make sure that algorithmic trading doesn't just go buck wild, right? Like stop losses that are or that are being, you know, dropped in. At well, a, or or second.
1: someone tells the bot to buy a billion shares instead of you know ten a hundred shares. Sure, a fat thing. Uh, or or <laughs> no, I mean it's it's actually like these whales, oh, yeah. these guys who can move billions. There have been cases where someone set the sell price at like a penny on accident, and you sure. know just collapse the prices all the. the buys started happening then and
2: i actually watched that happen actively in exchanges with uh, the bitcoin and alt craze in 2017. you watched these whales and you saw people because they were far less mature from an exchange perspective than obviously the New York Stock Exchange or any global exchange you know, regardless of what country you're, you're in and and i watched people like make posts on forums places like reddit just saying i screwed up so bad i just dropped 10,000 dollars worth of name your your uh you know crypto of choice and i i put in 0.1 instead of 10 and and I watched it happen in real time. You watch somebody on that. You see the chart, see the chart, you see the chart. And then all of a sudden, a hundred thousand shares get bought for a penny or less than a penny. And then it bounces right back up to where it was before. And somebody's like, Oh no, I've lost X thousand billion, whatever it was crazy losses because the exchanges had no protection against that stuff. The uh, uh, So what years- I've learned
1: about Tyler is that he, um, uh, he enjoys trading in poop coins. He enjoys. Um, <laughs> dude, he enjoys I enjoy watching uh, it. This. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: this is. Russ, you've been uh, quiet. What, are, what?
2: What? What? Are Russ's you, what internet died. So he, he got booted.
0: Yeah, his internet died, so he's out. Okay. okay. He might come back. Yeah. Maybe no. not. He's
2: I do. Awesome. I I do very much enjoy this. Um. I I was actually talking to my brother last <laughs> night, and something that occurred to me. I never which I should have looked into a long time ago, but I never understood why when I was graduating with a physics degree, like half of the people that I went to college with were going to financial firms. One, because it sounded so terribly boring to me. Like all I could think of is, Oh good. Spreadsheets and dollar signs, which brought me back to the horrors of my dad's career as an accountant. Sorry, dad. But, but it's like, I, I can't, I don't, I can't imagine myself doing that and enjoying it, but I didn't understand derivatives and, and, Physics is built on derivatives. Derivatives. Yeah, exactly. Financial derivatives. You just the financial had the dollar of it, that's it. No kidding. Well, and, and they're slightly <laughs> different, but it's like, oh my God, this is how my brain works. So this is so much fun to watch and and piece together and really sort of tie all the pieces. And it's like, I get it. This It just makes sense. And it's amazing. It's math at work.
0: Wait, what is this? AMC stock? So top news on tech meme, Reddit board, Wall Street Bets, which helped push GameStop stock to record levels in recent days, is now turning its attention to AMC stock, which is up 200% now.
2: Yeah, AMC, BlackBerry, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. What Basically year is it? Any <laughs> any big short position right now is under the gun.
0: What? So I looked at the five year uh, view on GameStop. It just looks like a right angle. It like stays along the <laughs> x axis, <laughs> and
1: then it just shoots straight up. That's it. <laughs> It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. You know, I, I I would have fear of missing out. Full disclosure, I am not invested in any of these meme short squeezes or any of this stuff. I had real work to do this weekend and, and this early week. And I was like, I don't have time to sit there or constantly be adjusting my stop orders. But you know, I for the listeners, I just want to encourage everyone, don't fear that you're missing out. Now I'm Yo, not saying you all have to so be boring risk. You don't have to be bogglehead investors. You don't have to be completely boring. Um but also, you know, the, the challenge is just everyone has survivorship bias on their trades, and everyone also doesn't really always put in context. And so you're going to talk to people, your kids are going to talk to their friends on the playground who said, I made a bazillion dollars on these highly risky bets. They don't read the 400,000 other threads on Wall Street bets where, you know, people bet on stupid stuff and lost everything. Yep. Um they're this is also hilarious
0: though, man. You're you're hundred percent right. But in the news, like in the last twenty to thirty minutes, AMC shares quadruple as retail traders raid hedge fund short targets. AMC stock price soars as Reddit investors encourage trading. And then also gonna take is like Elon Musk saying AMC and it's just gonna continue which he
2: did with GameStop yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I think the that dude level is just, of pile on he, he uh, is he stirs the pot, man. He does, that's he does awesome that on purpose. Well, he hates shorts because
1: Tesla is famously <laughs> one of the most shorted companies, also. And the short squeeze the shorts of this is also why I would never I would probably never join team short on a US domestic stock. Um is you know you're fighting if if you can't if if the shorts couldn't break Tesla they're not going to break anything else in the U.S. market. Um,
2: that's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Like that's, if that's you just want to short is. a
1: company on fundamentals and say this company is not worth, you're that, screwed. You're yeah. fighting the Fed. You're fighting the money machine, and you're fighting the hype machines. Now overseas, money go burr. Now, overseas where they don't necessarily they don't they can't set interest rates at zero and. You know there is legitimate fraud and things like that, to where some of the, the regular the regulators are pretty weak, and some of these developing countries or developing markets, uh, you know, like Germany, um, that you know I, I would say yeah I, I might I might understand trying to take short positions, but um I don't
0: know yeah it's all wild. Wait, do y'all want to uh, do you want to dig into any of the upcoming earnings?
2: Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I want John's takes.
0: All right, just drop Keep the it, their link hot
2: takes. Bring it
0: in the chat there. Um, I don't know what calendar you use there, but today uh, we're going to see Apple's Q1. We'll see Tesla's Q4. We'll see Facebook's Q4, AT&T, Boeing, so on and so forth. Let's see what else. Striker, right? Um, medical uh, supplies. What else is interesting there today? Tomorrow, Samsung, Visa, MasterCard, Comcast, McDonald's. You want to talk about any of those? What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's one you missed,
1: uh, Anthem Health. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the obvious ones, um, it's, you know, going through, though. Apple, I think Apple is... Pro- the challenge with Apple is they, they're they masters of setting the bar low enough that they can trip over it. So Apple not having a beat would just be, you know, world-endingly weird, Um, I do think Apple has strong momentum. I do think they have some regulatory headwinds. I think the biggest future uncertainty right now is on their relationship and search that, you know, 20 billion plus whatever that's coming in from Google. I think the, 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 the regulators and antitrust are going to force them to actually compete more aggressively. Um, but I think Apple's in a better position out of the tech giants there. Uh, Tesla, That was one, one quick thing on Apple. That was interesting when I
0: uh, stumbled across that bit of information. We, we talked about that on the show maybe, I don't know, five or six months ago, um, breaking down some of this stuff. But the amount of money that Google pays Apple to be default. The default search engine. Yeah. It, it also engine. shows how lazy unreal. you
1: all are to change. Like no one wants to change the search. <laughs> That's journey. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, Tesla is going to continue to go to the moon um because meme traders have uh, have you know powers i do th- i do think that they're probably going to have a, a beat um albeit a weak one and their stock doesn't trade based on market fundamentals so who cares what they announce right um that said i think tesla shares ha- uh, you know the cars have proven to be purchased wildly i think this is also part of a general um overarching theme with oil and ga- you know com- oil and gas um is kind of those any any anything that's a tied oil and gas is basically being viewed on the same level as tobacco stocks were in the 90s. Um and I think that we're going to see, you know, anyone who can successfully make a good uh profitable electric car and can solve the battery challenges continue to do well. I think they have a great portfolio in terms of trying to manage that risk. I think it's going to be a while though before, you know, they're going to be able to ship in the volumes of GM and Ford, but I do think that I'm starting to see that, you know, all the things that they promise that seem kind of fanciful are starting to come to reality. So um, I don't know. I, I, full disclosure, I don't hold Tesla directly, but I have been holding arc since the beginning of the year. So I do have an outsized Tesla position by proxy. Yeah. Um,
0: What do you think? uh, Just a quick side conversation on that. What do you think of the Cybertruck? You know, production starts at the end of the year here. They they're gonna start the the tri motor and the dual motor at the end of the year and then do the single motor at the beginning of twenty twenty two.
1: I mean, it's um, I I think that the amount of you know all the people I know who own trucks today are for the most part not excited about it um, because they're like I need to be able to haul twenty thousand pounds eight hundred miles on a gas tank or something you know without a recharge. I'm like, dude, your boat sits at the harbor. Yeah, I was going to say, man,
0: (laughs) you go look at those stats. You have to be a pretty particular, to your point there, um, truck driver to have very unique needs that the the Cybertruck couldn't handle.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be able to handle it. Um, Yeah. I think the capability is great. And I think Tesla's execution on it is going to be great. I think it is one of the least attractive vehicles that has been brought to market in my lifetime. And and that it includes is. vehicles like the Aztec, which was I was about to say disgusting. It, it, and it had me, all the right stuff. Yeah. It was Aztec. it was like a hatchback that worked like a truck. It was made for camping. Like my dad was seriously interested in getting it. I don't blame him. It was pretty cool, but it was in
0: the uh, Honda Ridgeline. Was another one that was oh, just kind of yes.
2: like, what? Ugh, why? <laughs> I was so disappointed. All of the renders that they had of like a sexy Tesla electric truck were just baller looking. And then they released it. And I was like, this is a joke. The whole thing's a joke, right? You're kidding. This is this is like... It's the Homer Simpson car. <sighs> like, it's a meme truck. It, that's it's, exactly what crossed my mind. It's the you're, Homer Simpson car. You're just effing think- with me.
1: So here's the thing, though, is um, if nothing else, it'll find a home on fleet buyers because there's a lot of people who have to manage fleet costs. Um, there's an entire – and I won't even call it a parasitic industry. It's a highly valuable industry. I used to work with these people who basically do fleet management. And when you have you know, thousands of cars, you're a state entity or you're a government entity, um, one, you're – because of the current political streams, and again, those talks about oil, they're all trying to buy more – efficient things so that they can say, hey,'re we're, we're hitting our political mandates of supporting electric cars, of in, in reducing our emissions. Um, and so you take like local Harris County, uh, which is ruled by people who are going to be of that political viewpoint, when they go out to renew their fleet and there's a, a viable electric truck, maybe ugly as hell, but it will deliver on the needs of their fleet. I think you're going to see some fleet buyers line up and, and, and if nothing else soak the orders, um, the fleet buyers tend to buy it at a discount, but I think even if they have any slight stumbles, they can dump them on fleet purchasers yeah. um, hmm. for that reason.
0: So I threw down the uh, refundable $100 to uh, reserve my right to buy it, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Anyway, all right. What else we got here?
1: Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think's up with them? Um, I think they're... I think they're poised to do well, um, long-term. I think antitrust, sure. What about, I think, what about n- near-term? Uh, the near-term headwinds are antitrust, basically um, unwinding. Lost you for a second. Is antitrust, antitrust, basically unwinding um, the Instagram purchases or the WhatsApp purchases. Mm. I think those are fine because I think that if those spun out as their own entities, they would actually potentially be even more profitable. I think much like Microsoft in the nineties, you know, I I think if they had split up, they might've even done better in some ways. So I don't think that's necessarily the headwind people think it is. I do think Apple um, basically trying to gut their ability to track people with their phones, that's a real headwind. Um, But the other thing is, is all this talk about regulating social media is good for big social media. Because the only people who will be able to meet the regulatory requirements if we decide to create if we decide some type of sweeping regime change on section 230 or something like that are the people who have billions of dollars and have technology already deployed and have armies of moderators. So, I think they're they're much more entrenched than people realize.
2: Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm I'm definitely long Facebook uh, actually positionally as well, but I, I think what what they understand, good, bad, or ugly, about basically leveraging whatever social media baseline and their users for profit is uh i I won't say bar none i think there are lots of those companies out there at this point but i think facebook has a significant you know anchor hold on on making money on that stuff they they figured out how to monetize the advertising side they figured out how to do a lot more than just make money off of ads too and uh I, i think add that to some of the things that they're Dipping their toe into uh, like VR and things like that, it's like going forward. They're making sure that they're well poised to take advantage of whatever the next, you know, social platform looks like. So I, I think they're in a good position. But I do think near term, I'm I'm curious about how uh, how antitrust is going to potentially unwind them, which I find really interesting, right? Because I don't I didn't think Facebook is alone in manipulating sort of how profitable social media is, but they do seem to be under the gun more than some of the other giants in the space. They're all being asked the same questions, but Facebook seems to be more um, acutely targeted for the unwinding, right?
1: Well, I, I think the challenge is if you look at everyone else's business model, they can remain profitable and not change their core model. Google can provide good search and good email and remain profitable. They can provide cloud computing and remain profitable. They can be less evil in how they deliver those things. They can sell mm-hmm. lots of ads. Um, they're working on a machine learning model that doesn't require cookies and makes much better educated guesses. And apparently, is ninety five percent efficient on conversions. There, they're, there's a way out for them. Apple. They sell you shiny stuff. It's that's expensive. Done. Like, and yeah. they take a cut of apps. They could take a smaller. Six hundred dollar headphones. Oh. Yeah, Dude. Apple. Apple can remain profitable, and okay, maybe they've got some, maybe they've got some factory workers who they need to take better care of. Fine, they can become a more ethical company without destroying the bottom line. You know, if you go through the various tech companies, Twitter, you know, which isn't actually that profitable. I mean, their CEO is part time for God's sake. Um, Twitter is, you know, they're, they're announcing initiatives. They can remain profitable. Facebook, I don't know how they don't remain evil in kind of their core business model and remain deep. That's a really good
3: way to put that. Oh man.
1: Like, I don't know how they don't, you know, encourage engagement. And by encourage engagement, encourage people to be assholes in the public square. I don't know how they monetize advertisements without um, being this creepy. You know, I, I don't know how they, they maintain their grasp Ultimately, long term, without continuously buying out competitors or blatantly copying their business models, um, like they did with Snapchat, I that is, that is the only challenge. Now, I don't think the regulators have enough teeth to actually do anything. So, I would still yeah. concur with your long Facebook po- position. But you don't
0: think I, Biden administration is going to do anything on that?
2: I mean, they're going to pursue it more. I, they may put some Worst protections case, they- in place for privacy, but I don't think it's got Facebook. And I, yeah. I don't see them coming in and carving them up either. I, I'm I'm arguably, even my own personal position investment-wide aside, I'm not sure I want them to. Um, I, I think regulation needs to exist in certain places. I think I've, I've had that opinion, shared that opinion on the show. But I, I'm not, not sure Tyler this wants needs to. government. Inter- well, I know, but I'm not sure that what Facebook's doing needs government inter- inter- intervention for Facebook. I don't yeah. think carving up Facebook is the answer to the problems we're trying to solve. I yeah. think if you want to solve what we think Facebook is doing wrong by owning those entities, it, it isn't cutting up Facebook. You'll just, sure. the, the baseline is- exists. The soil is fertile for another Facebook to exist and the way they do business to continue to flourish. If, if you want to stop, what you think Facebook is doing wrong, you don't just take WhatsApp away. Yeah. You stop allowing privacy to be abused the way that it is by the players. Would yeah. that be devastating to Facebook? Yes. Would it be devastating in other parts of the economy? Quite possible, which is why I'm not sure we'll see it happen. Well, but I'm But I'm also not sure that regulation is the answer there.
0: Yeah. And I think this administration has less of a vendetta against social media than the last...
2: So absolutely. So, uh, and if you
1: actually look, yeah. they've taken a lot of people from Silicon Valley from, you know, the Feng companies and are actually there, there's a lot of key positions on Biden's transition team and his his new team yeah. that actually come from the valley. And the, yeah, the challenge true. there is there is a certain amount of um, you know, if the US clamps down, you run the risk of okay, these companies may we may not like everything they do, but at least they're American companies and we have some semblance yeah. of control or we can get them into Congress and yell at them. Um, if if Amazon, for instance, you know, which I think is the most the most unfortunately maligned of the, the large tech companies, um, if, if if Amazon, you know, disappears, Alibaba will just take their place. Like then, yeah. Do you, I mean Alibaba did what thirty four billion in, in sales in a single day last year?
2: Um, really. Singles Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singles oh, Day. Oh yeah, that's right. They have a, they have an absolutely massive Singles right. Day every year. It's that's a fun one to watch too. Yeah, hmm. I mean it, Amazon. You can't you
1: can't call them a monopoly. It's I don't know. We I mean, we've gotten off on regulation, which is its own show. So yeah, 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 <laughs> yep. yeah. You're right. Yep,
0: you're right. Yep. What else do you want to talk about? Samsung, Visa, Mastercard, Comcast. Those are all tomorrow. McDonald's,
1: Comcast. Ugh. <laughs> just here.
2: Comcast makes is
1: me sad. Is, is, it... So, everyone hates Comcast. Hating Comcast is, is like a public sport. Um, I just hate I ISPs in, in general. Company. It's
0: not specifically yeah. Comcast, it's just, ISPs, just Comcast. ISPs in general.
1: Yeah. This actually, this, okay, we will go back to regulation. Everyone talks about there's big evil tech companies that need to be regulated and that we all hate. And if you actually look at real American sentiment and not journalists who are obviously going to be angry at the people who stole all their revenue. Um, Americans hate their ISPs. <laughs> they hate their telecom <laughs> companies. It's the worst. Um, and I think if getting back to why Facebook won't be broken, won't be broken up and things like that, if we look at the things telecom has been able to get away with, which really is murder someone in the middle of fifth Avenue um, with enough, with enough lobbyists, if telecom can survive, everybody else can survive. So um, Comcast, Comcast is doing well, they executed a d- great job of building their own set top box that apparently has a really great experience. They diversified into media holdings so that they can still make money off of the push to streaming. Um, they wait, they what about
0: say that again? So they diversified into media holdings. What do they own?
1: Uh, they have sports rights and things like that, like they own oh, okay. channels. Oh, I didn't uh, know that, yeah comcast cool. uh, sports i want i thought they had the ashes rights, so they they have some media rights um i mean they're not disney you know by any means but they they do hold in fact you actually have cases to where some of the sports rights and things like that ATT is getting a slap fight and appropriately telling the regulators hey look our competitors in our market are the ones setting the
2: carriage fees on these channels like this is not ethical um that's that's a a mess right there man there's a lot to unpack in that one i don't think this is the one for it
1: well at&t tried the same thing and they've hilariously failed at it so uh, i think comcast has actually executed that strategy unlike at&t um the the other thing also is, is they have beefed up their wireline networks they are actively out there cutting more fiber building bigger rings um they are going to be facing increased competition from 5g so you will look at comcast Maybe you have a maybe you have a fiber, you know, AT and T or someone in your neighborhood, but now you're going to have three, uh, soon four different major wireless providers offering you know multi-hundred megabit speeds um, in your neighborhood. And the question is, is will they be able to do that at a lower a lower operating cost model because they don't have to actually run the damn cable into your house? Um, that'll be seen. So.
0: Um, oh yeah, it looks like they own the Golf Channel, MLB Network comcast sports net stuff like that i didn't realize that sports southeast nbc sports network okay i didn't realize that
1: no and the, the challenge there though is is once you start having all these media holdings yeah if you try to hoard them to where they only work on your channel that's great and all except when you know you, you stop getting revenue because you you refuse to negotiate with at&t now, MLB does show them a path of, you know, a lot of people who are really into baseball, they just go to MLB.com now. right? And so if Comcast can take that content, you know, use it for its own purposes at low costs, internal sales, but then also go direct to customers for quality content, which they should have good metadata stats because they own their own set-top boxes of what people are watching. They can leverage that big data, buy good content, and try that feedback loop. Just, you know, don't be AT&T. <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah. Man, we should probably shut this show down. I think we're, I think we're, so. we're about an hour now. And uh, wow. we'll let you yeah. go.
2: That's, uh, and, and what a perfect time, too, because GameStop got halted again. So uh, that happened.
0: <laughs> it start great. again and then stop again?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. The short circuits only last a little again? bit. Yep. Uh, okay, they, it happened. So, so when, this, when this went crazy on Friday, Thursday or Friday last week, uh, nine times. The New York Stock Exchange short-circuited their shares, trading their shares nine times. So today, it's uh, 9.18 a.m. Central Standard Time, and it has been halted twice already. Wow.
0: (laughs) Fun. Dude, John, thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah. Always a pleasure. Mm, Always fun. and knowledge is fantastic
1: my my thing on on financial friday next time what we should do is pick a single a, a single industry and just evaluate that okay, maybe, be fun. rather than try to roam across the entire you know there's just board. too
2: much and there's so much going on and it's always interesting and there's there's always an opinion to be had and you are so knowledgeable across the board about especially the tech space and and how companies are functioning i I love hearing what you have to say about it Always, always a pleasure. And uh, on that note, that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. John, thanks again for joining us. Everyone that's listening, I hope you enjoyed it. This was a, a bit different, a financial Friday on a Wednesday. We got into some fun stuff. The market's doing crazy things as it seems to want to do these days. It was fun talking about it. We hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. And we will talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Take it easy.